0: When you ask me to risk a lot, and I have a wealth of knowledge and a wealth of experience to draw from, my risk is going to be way more than if this is the first time I'm ever seeing it, or this is the first time I've ever thought about it.
1: Firehouse Vigilance presents The Weekly Scrap, a podcast dedicated to the never-ending fight against complacency. Corley Moore, Firehouse Vigilance, it is weekly scrap number 186 tonight's guest first of all i want to say tonight's guest was supposed to be ryan mccormick and there was been a a few tornadoes in arkansas and he is he's a little bit busy and then on top of the tornadoes they had a lot of wildfires going on so even more busy but besides all that uh we're going to reschedule ryan mccormick coming up in june and i reached out to a and Adam Myers, Engine Zero, absolutely stepped in and said, Yeah, let's do this. So tonight's guest <laughs> is Adam Myers. He's been in the fire service since 2005, four departments, two states. He has instructed for and with Rogue Fire, Fire by Trade, Brothers in Battle, Jonathan Brumley. Man, Adam is the creator of Engine Zero. It's all about putting in the work without ego or excuse. He is a family man. Father of three, wonderful, supportive wife, my brother Adam, it is my pleasure to have you on Weekly Scrap number 186. Welcome, my brother.
0: Hey, thanks for having me, man. I'm, I'm stoked to be here.
1: I'm excited, man. It's going to be a good discussion. And people yeah. are already logging in. Nice. Garrett Crotty said, let's go with five O's. James Michalisco said, let's get it going. Three Bugles firefighter in the house, former truckie, got my non-toxic crayons ready to take notes. I love it.
0: (laughs) Oh, great. We got a truckie. Yes. Hey,
1: (laughs) we can keep it simple. We (laughs) can't.
0: No, Uh, no, he's going to be so bored. We're going to talk so much in it now.
1: (laughs) Smoothbore Cartel said, yes. Adam Melchi said, let's do this. Yee, yee, let's roll for Bradley Valiant Court. Okay. um." making sure I had everything covered. Is yeah. there anything I missed in the intro? Anything you would like to add?
0: No, no, that's, that's pretty much it, dude. I, I, I do want to, let me add one thing. And this is, Go. this is for my homie, Cody, Tress Trail. Okay. He's, he told me to not say this. And so I'm not going to say it. I'm going to say something else. I am somebody from somewhere because everybody always from brothers and battlers, too damn humble. So I'll, uh, I'll break the ice with that.
1: You're the opposite of the nobody from nowhere. <laughs>
0: yeah, I used to be a nobody from nowhere, but look at me now.
1: Right I'm on, brother. From somewhere. Uh, Kyle is here. Everybody in the audience, please get your questions in. Kyle is here. He is ready to grab them. He is ready to throw them at us. Uh, so if you have questions for Adam or myself, get them ready. Um, the vigilantes. I always want to hype the vigilantes at the front. If you are not a member of the Vigilantes, go to firehousevigilance.com. You can sign up to be a member of the Vigilantes. It is getting really exciting to be a member of the Vigilantes. Not only do we have a forum once a month to talk about stuff and bring in special guests and specific topics, but we also are doing Vigilante meetups when we are, are at conferences, and it's, it's it's starting to get organized and serious, so I'm pretty excited about it. So go to firehousevigilance.com and become a member of the Vigilantes. Okay, with all that being said, let's do The important stuff, this episode is brought to you by Key Hose. Check them out on Facebook, The Hose Experts. Cool work designs. It is a firefighter owned and operated small business creating customized logo work gloves. You can choose from either a heavy duty leather or mechanic touch glove. They offer zero artwork fees and a free setup of renderings. For each submitted logo, check out the website for info. That's coolworkdesigns.com to get your set of America's most wanted work gloves today. Then there is the affordable drill tower. Firefighter owned and operated. The only thing that you can't do in an affordable drill tower is live fire. Affordable drill tower. You can repel, stretch hose lines, go through the stairs, go through the floor, do window bailouts, cut holes in the roof props, use the apartment balconies, Pump into the FDIC, man, flow water from the sprinkler system. Call Steve, 844-55-TOWER, or drop an email to info at affordabledrilltowers.com. And then finally, are you looking to streamline your fire and EMS training programs? Introducing the Fire Academy. Schedule, deliver, and track everything in your organization. Get the highest rated online training from industry leaders backed by fire engineering. FDIC International, and GEMS. Sign up for your feed trial today at thefireacademy.com. Okay. That Ooh. does it. Man, that all, of, all of it. Yeah, it's a mouthful, man. There's a lot going on there. Uh, let me see if I can catch everybody else. John Shackelford, my man, brother. He said, good evening, bro. Let's go. Chris Dye said, station 32, always here in Southwest Virginia, let's go. John McCoy, check, check, check. Mic checking, check, get. Uh And Jimmy Green said, one of the best dudes excited to listen in. All hey, right, brother. Nice. Hi, Jimmy. Go ahead.
0: <laughs> I just saw him. Oh, that, what the heck's going on here? Oh, Are you good? Yeah, I'm good. I'm just getting potential spam, you know. Oh, okay. Love it. Love it. Yeah. Seven o'clock at night in Wyoming. Got to get potential spam. All right. What do we got?
1: I'm thinking where we're going to start. We're going to start with engine work. I really think we ought to start with engine work because you are okay. engine zero.
0: Oh yeah. Let's fire behavior,
1: the lack of meaningful dialogue beyond the basics. Where do you want? Where Where do you want to go with it?
0: Well, it, you kind of asked for like some topics to talk about, and right. uh, so uh, I think we do like a a pretty poor job in the fire service of really breaking down fire behavior and like explaining it to our newer firefighters in a in a way that's going to help them in their decision-making moving forward throughout the rest of their career. Right. Like uh, if anybody's ever been through an Academy and had to suffer through the book work and, and all that uh, goes into that Academy, you end up coming out of there with a, you know, basic understanding of physical science that you probably got when you were in elementary school. Right. And like what they don't uh, explain to you is the real world part of it where you know we talk about the five stages of fire growth nobody ever tells the new guy that hey when you're going through the building you might actually go through every stage of that you know what i mean like depending on what compartment you're in Right. right and so like those little things like help the decision making process and i don't think we do a very good job of breaking that down for people um you know unless you've taken a nozzle forward class like our, our version of uh, fire behavior is at a kindergarten level compared to that class. Right. And it's like, why isn't that being pushed more in the fire service? Why aren't we explaining things a little bit more to, you know, anywhere, anybody from 18 years on up, right? Like they're basically adults. Why don't we treat them like adults? Why are we treating them like they're in sixth grade and they have no understanding of the physical world? So, you know, no, Sorry. no,
1: no. I love, I love, I love the philosophical, uh, not even philosophical. I love the question you're posing and I want to throw it back at you and say, what is yeah. your theories on, on why you think that is the case? Uh, you know, uh, and just to spark discussion.
0: Right. And I, I'm not really sure like where the disconnect happens, you know, like to really dive deep into the rabbit hole mm-hmm. Maybe it stems from the fact that, you know, as humans, we're inherently lazy. Right. right. Yeah we're always trying to find the easy way out. Life's hard enough, right? Like if we can find an easier way to get the job done, then life, life gets a whole lot better for us. Right. So in the fire service, what made it easy? Fire engineering comes up with a curriculum, right? Or let's say, you know, uh IFSTA comes up with a curriculum, right. right? That's a whole lot easier. Right. Then. And so, and it's not a knock against them, right? Right. Like, Dude, we're trying to get everybody on the same page and they did a great job of getting everybody on the same page. But how many additions have we gone through, right? Like, can we start adding depth to this to help our firefighters be you know, better decision makers on the fire ground, right? Like if we really care about firefighter safety, how about we give them all the tools that we have available, right? Like technology and science has evolved, but yet in the fire service, we're still teaching shit that I learned 20 years ago so you know what I mean it's like Mm -hmm. so yeah that's kind of the the conversation you know that's why I kind of brought up that topic is to to bring up that discussion right like as as a fire fighter in a company right like I would love to walk into my company and have these discussions with my with my officer and my engineer right uh right out of the gates if I was a brand new firefighter right like I was like a man they were teaching me firefighting right? Like the basics of fire behavior, right? Beyond convection, radiation, and friggin' conduction, like that's what I learned in elementary school, right? (laughs) Like, like let's move past that. Tell me something that's actually going to, you know, trigger decisions on the fire ground in real time that are going to either make it better for me or better for the civilians that I'm going in there for, right? Like,
1: so is it is it is it strictly teaching to certification or st- strictly teaching to meet a a checkbox is it is no, it driven no, by money is it a combination
0: I, would... <laughs> I bet you it's all of those to be honest right? like that's the thing is like if you allow other people to come up with a curriculum right uh they're going to do what they think's best and there's nothing wrong with that right that's what the fire service kind of has gone with Right. But as a, as a service in general, like, man, when are, when are we as the firefighters going to start putting our foot down and put real shit in there? That's actually going to help us. That's going to help that new guy. Right. Because five seconds out the door, dude, they might drop the the super bowl of structure fires. Right. 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 And so uh, like did Academy really get them ready for it? Right. Does conduction, convection, and radiation help them when they're wandering into their first structure fire? Nope. You know, and, and that's the thing is, like, it, over the course of 20 years, in the last 10, on my own accord, I've learned more about firefighting than I ever did in those first 10, right? Relying on what was given to me, right? As far as whether it was from an organization, whether it was from an outside uh, you know curriculum, whatever that case may be, right? Like the case in point, how many guys have you had on your podcast or your your live feed right now? Right? Uh, what I'm up to? I'm 186. Right. 186, baby. <laughs> right. So 186 dudes with probably a wealth of knowledge that, like, for some reason, like, is trickling out right, instead yeah. of flooding out to mm. our younger firefighters or into our senior firefighters dude there's there's people on 25 years that like did you drop some of the some of that information just a simple like hey man did you know you're like walking through the five stages of fire growth to the sea of the fire like dude heads pop right yeah, i really thought about it that way right and like that's just one tiny little aspect of fire behavior right like what about The classic, you know, and again, I'm going to use fields because he does it the best. Uh, You know, if your head's at four feet high and you're retracting from heat, you can safely say it's 1200 degrees above you, right? Like those little things are trigger points that help. And, you know, later on I talked, I think I sent out a a thing that had trigger points in it, but these are trigger points that help us make good decisions, right? Mm -hmm. If we've, if we come to that, that point, We should have opened the line a long time ago, right? Like, so these are things that help us make decisions in the firefight. Why are we? Why are we just trickling this out to people, right? I got.
1: Yes, I love. (laughs) I'm saying.
0: I'm saying right with you. Uh,
1: John Shackelford has a great question. He said, "What do you think is the best way to start new recruits on fire behavior?"
0: Uh, Being honest with them taking that curriculum and, and, and looking through it and figuring out what's actually useful and what's not right. Like you, you always have to start with the basics, right? Cause I don't know if like, you know, we just hired a guy that has no education whatsoever or if he's a genius and part of Mensa. Right. So like the thing is, is (laughs) like, he's either like you're smart or dumb like I am. Right. So the thing is, is you always have to start out basic, but like, I don't really care how energy transfers through different objects or through time and space. Like that doesn't mean anything to me. When I'm sitting in the fire ground, like in a burning building, that is the last thing that's going through my, well, I wonder if this is convection or conduction or whatever. Right. It's, it's the very simple things. Hey, if you have a fire in a box, Where's the heat going to go? It's going to go up till it can't go up anymore. And then what's it going to do? It's going to go out till it can't go out anymore. And then what's it going to do? It's going to come down until it can't come down anymore. Right. Right? Like just those, those simple things. Right. Because like you start boring them with the minutiae of a scientific text, right? Like, (laughs) I'm sorry, but like, I went to college. I hated every minute of it. I choked my way through it, but I like the thing is, is I left college uh, with a degree, but I use that degree a fraction of the time uh, I've been alive compared to uh, being a firefighter. Right. And so like the thing is, is I want stuff that actually pertains to what I'm actually doing. I don't need a whole lot of uh, scientific definitions that you're going to test me on and write ridiculous questions that try to trick me. I need to right. know stuff that's going to help me make decisions when it's life and death when we're in an ideal h environment right and so you know and is every fire life and death no i'm not saying that but at the same time like what we do is we're a profession right like why can't we be professional about it why can't we when can't why can't we dive a little bit deeper than just the the surface so sure no it's a great question
1: and and, and it's an awesome thing that needs to be delved into and to figure out why we've gotten where we've gotten uh Kyle Smoothbore cartel himself is coming at you and saying, "This isn't a question, really, so much as a statement." But I want to hear your thoughts on it. He said, "The recognition prime decision making (RPDM) model is based on previous recognized situations to develop mm-hmm. a satisfactory solution to the current problem." Unfortunately, right. most firefighters fail to understand the situations that they are in, and therefore cannot analyze them
0: to bank that experience. Correct. So. Why don't we make a curriculum that helps them do that? Right on. You know what I mean? Like, that's the thing is like, we are, we are a product or every experience we've ever had in our entire life is stored somewhere deep inside of us that we pull from given any situation that we run into in life. Right. So from when you were a little baby learning how to crawl to now, like every one of those inputs is in there somewhere that you're drawing from to make a decision to what's presented in front of you. Why can't we build something that helps us do that in the environments that we're going into? Right. And like, I'll I'll bring up the DIY class, like the DIY class helps do that. Like everybody thinks it's an engine company class. It's a decision-making class, right? It puts you in, in a position to make decisions where there's, there's not a right or a wrong. There's just a decision that needs to be made. Right. And those decisions that you're making affect someone else's life or your life. Right. And, and how do how do you make those decisions and how you, you learn from people that have been in situations similar to that? Right. Like all get wrapped into it to help these students make better decisions on the fire ground. What are you know, the classic risk a lot to save a lot means absolutely nothing to me right? Because I don't know what the situation is in front of me, but when you ask me to risk a lot and I have a wealth of knowledge and a wealth of experience to draw from my risk is going to be way more than if this is the first time I'm ever seeing it, or this is the first time I've ever thought about it. So anyway, I dude, he's absolutely right. Like, but the, uh, with his statement, like we need to start developing our firefighters to make decisions in real time on tough, tough calls, right? Like stuff that you can't really put in a book, right? And you can't really test well, which doesn't make anybody a whole lot of money. So like when you stated, like, what is it? It's all those things, right? It's all of them. So how do, how do, how do we, like, I feel like,
1: Ray McCormick said it best. He came on the scrap, I don't know, probably uh, 30 episodes ago or so, and I don't want to misquote, but he basically said it's unfair to to teach our young people coming into this fire service, you know, hands-on training where they go in and do something with some uh, Class A fire in a Type 1 construction, and then that day when they leave and go report to duty, they could be going and taking on a sectional or a king-size foam mattress. Inside right. of a compartment, a ten by fourteen compartment, and yeah. we are setting them up for failure. And again, I'm paraphrasing, so I want to be very clear that I'm paraphrasing Ray. Uh, right. But but how do you have, uh, like? What's the? How do we
0: take it back? That's the thing. Is like we've allowed, and man, I'm going to catch a lot of hell for this. Um, Welcome to the scrap. <laughs> we've allowed safety to trump everything, right? Like, could you imagine if, like, the military was as safety conscious as we were going into a a war? We would never win, right? Like, oh, everything's got to be super safe. We got safety this, safety that. And the thing is, is like, hey, I got an idea. How about we all just be adults? All right? Nobody signed up to this job to go to a training and die. We understand that. We're adults, right? Then why are we putting people in situations to have like a, a gotcha moment, right, in a live building under live fire conditions, right? That we used to do as training all the time. And then somebody gets the bright idea like, oh, we'll put this gotcha moment in there. Or we won't we won't really think about fire behavior or how the fire is going to affect the building, this real building that we're lighting on fire, right? And then we're going to stuff a bunch of people in there and make them do right. a bunch of shit. Right. And then, then they get hurt or heaven forbid they die. And then next thing you know, we got the safety police coming down our throats saying we can't burn in real buildings anymore.
1: Right. Right. Or and with it, real fuels or yeah. or with people that look like firefighters or with insert whatever. And, yeah. and 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 here's the part, Adam, and I think you'll agree with this, is is uh like every rule that exists is is, is on the backs of someone that that perished usually in a tragic way that should not have happened. I I don't want to, I don't want to like just cast those aside. Like those don't matter. Right. You you know, but at the same time we have to find a balance.
0: Correct. Absolutely. And that's exactly what I'm saying as well. Like we know the fire service is mostly written, mostly written in blood. Right. Right. And, And the thing is, is like, I, and I'm not taking away from that in any regards, but the thing is is to remove it wholeheartedly because of it takes away from everybody else. Right. And, and the thing is, is like, can you imagine that like the first person that gets shot in a war and we're like, eh, yeah, we're not going to send those guys to the front anymore. Like we're going right. you know, no to. No more going to the front. Right. And the thing is, is, you know, dude, how many times have you heard we're paramilitary operation and right. blah blah? and it's like, OK, well, then let's behave a little bit more like the military. Like we understand the risk. We signed up for the risk. Right. When we put our hand up and swore the oath, we signed up for a risk. Now, being intelligent humans, right, we all didn't sign up to die. So let's come up with a a way that we can actually burn in real buildings with real things where we take into consideration the fact that this isn't, we're not going to, you know, go in there rescuing an actual civilian today. It's training, right? So let's set up the training in a way and actually have a a specific topic that we want to work on for that training instead of just the mass chaos that is an actual structure fire. Right.
1: Absolutely.
0: And and that's the thing is, I think we try to try too much stuff into some of these trainings and, and especially in a live building with live fuels and, and, and in a training environment, we stuff way too much at these people. And then we wonder why it goes bad. So, all
1: right. I'm going to catch Sorry. you up on a few, a few comments. <laughs> uh, no, know this, this, this is comments coming. Hey audience, get your questions in, but here's comments coming. Uh, Amanda Miller said the safety culture is a reaction to the results of an anti-training culture. Firefighters get hurt when their training and leadership fails them. Fix the training, fix the leadership. I love, I love that, uh, mindset. Absolutely. Adam Melkai says, uh, the safety culture's reaction, all that they also get hurt because they spend too much time in the recliner and not enough time working out. Um, going on, I'm reading more to you. Garrett <laughs> Crowdy said, Adam, and I, I wanted to follow up on this earlier, but Garrett Crowdy said, Adam, can you finish the scrap in your best DIY costume? But I wanted to build <laughs> off. I wanted to build off that and ask you. For those that don't know DIY, what you mean by DIY engine and go?
0: Uh, so it's a class that. Uh it started out under rogue fire. Uh, We merged with brothers in battle, Um, but it's a, it's a single engine responding to a structure fire. Nobody else is showing up to this fire. There's three people on the engine and there's victims inside and there's fire. And so the, the class is designed to, to drive home the importance of some of the basics, right? Being good at getting your gear on quickly Right. Being good at stretching a hose line, being good at forcing a door, being good at doing a fire attack and then coming across victims and and only having three people. And what are you going to do? Right. Some of these tough decisions. Right. You crack the door and you're not masked up and there's a victim eight feet inside. What are you going to do? Right. What academy teaches our new students what to do in that situation? None. None. Right. Right. And I can't teach them that either because it's a risk that they have to be willing to take to either put their gear on quickly and get in there and get the job done. Or some will just take a quick breath, hold it, grab, and go in go there grab. And, try and make the grab. Right. But the right. thing is, is I'm not there to tell them what to do. I'm there to show them the decisions that they're going to have to make. Right. And, and the nice. class is more decision-making than it is uh, anything else really it's diving deep into the minds of of the students to to show them like, hey, there's going to be times where there's no SOG that you can fall back on to go save a life. For lack of a better way of putting it, to play God for that few seconds. Right. 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 And, and that's the thing is so it, I don't think as the fire service. We ever really dive into those tough decision-making, uh, you know, algorithms. That, right. That that do,
1: dude, 100%, 100%. 100%. We do yeah. not teach people how to make decisions. We teach people how to check boxes. Right. That's, and the thing that, is, that, that's a broad brush. I get it. I, that's I a broad, there's people that do it, but with, as a rule. Yes.
0: Yeah, exactly. And and that's the thing is, you know, I, I've i heard plenty of stories from a lot of my friends in different departments around the country that have have made really really good decisions. That like from the outside, some people would be like, "I would never, I would, I wouldn't have done that, right?" And the thing is, is it's like, yeah, well, it's what you're willing to risk. Like, right? Have you have you thought about it? Have you trained yourself to think about that when you're doing your trainings? You know, like there's a lot more to training than just the skills. Right there's there's the mindset that goes with it as well. Yeah. So, mm-hmm. dude, I
1: love it. I love it. Um, and this is all based off of me asking you one question of our, <laughs> our planned topics. So <laughs> it's really good. So, audience, please keep on throwing your questions and your comments at us. Um, the lack of meaningful dialogue beyond the basics, water application beyond the basics of spray and pray. Both of those seem kind of tied to each other. So I wanted to throw them at you.
0: Yeah. Well, and that's the thing is. Like, what are we teaching people on how to water map a room? Right. right? Like, unless unless you're following Ray McCormick or Dennis Legier or, you know, any of the guys that are talking about it. Yes. West dude, Coast. You can't, yeah, you can't expect the new guys to find those guys. Right. Like, I don't know how many years it took me to find people that actually could teach me something. Right. <laughs> and, and the thing is, is like, why, why can't, why can't we talk about, like. Why isn't that in every frigging manual? When you enter a compartment, how do you water map that compartment to cool it down, to make those well, gases yeah. contract, right? To well, put the fire up. Sorry. No, <laughs> no, no,
1: no, no, no. You, you got me fired up. So it's yeah. like there's so many people that still say, like, do you keep the nozzle closed until you get to the scene of the fire? When yeah, you're yeah. in the room, like away, and it's like, no,
0: you you, you coat everything. But, think of how many think of how many thousands of dollars the UL put in to like yes. other studies to show us that hey man, like an open line, even if you're not even in the compartment, helps. Right? Yes. It's like,
1: helps everybody, not just yeah. you, all those victims.
0: Wait, I you can't tell me that somebody back in the day didn't already know that. Why is this knowledge being lost? No, right? And why isn't it being shared? Right. And like, I'll give you, you know, technology has made sharing information way easier and, and it happens faster and faster, right. As the uh, new apps and programs come about, right. Like this conversation, we would have never had this conversation, you know, 20 years ago, Mm -hmm. right. (laughs) Like face to face, but miles apart. Right. Right. Uh, And the thing is, is so like that has been one hindrance, but at the same time, like, Dude, there's been plenty of publications, right? There's been plenty of magazines. There's been plenty of companies that have put out curriculums, right? Like where's the disconnect? Like, why aren't we passing this information along? You open high, you work close to far away. The reach of your nozzle is 25 feet. If you're in a residential structure, you're never more than 25 feet from an exit. You know what I mean? Like your stream reach from the front door can hit the back of the house, right? Like all those little things that help us make decisions, right? It goes right back into kind of what I was leading into with fire behavior, right? Like these are all decision-making uh, applications that get missed, right? In Absolutely. In, in a generic curriculum to teach people what they should have learned in, you know, when they were going through public school.
1: And also a risk aversion-based curriculum, uh, right. which I think is a very important aspect to throw into it. And it's not to throw rocks. It's just when you base it off of how do we make it safe, it's it's not safe. It's about being good to mitigate the danger.
0: Right. We're professionals, right? Yes. I don't care Our- if you're on a volunteer, <laughs> volunteer department. The fire service is a profession. Yes. Right? Like, we... Why wouldn't we try to be professional about everything that we do, right? So that's the thing is like, do you think NFL teams are starting their, you know, their starting lineup? They're running through freaking, you know, flag football techniques. No, you know what I mean. Like, so no, nope, absolutely. And that's the thing is like, they got to start somewhere, right? And not everybody was born into the fire service, right? We build them, but let's start building them right.
1: Mm. No, I like it. I like it. I love it. Uh, Gregory Van Ham wants to know, Greg Van Ham, uh, could it be most fires are room and contents? That's fair. That is fair. Versus a full-blowing fire roaring out the doors and windows. I lost it. (laughs) (laughs) Roaring (laughs) out the windows
0: that they don't open the bell. It could be, right? Like, that's the thing is, like, we're, we're creatures of the Rolodex of things that we've been exposed to, right? Um, but the thing is, is if you were never taught to open the bail in the first place, right. Right. When you encounter heat, like then why are we knocking them for never opening the bail? <laughs> right.
1: No, no. I I love Brian, Brian, yeah. uh, brush brush is my hero. I'll be honest with you. And he says, man, we fight conditions. We fight conditions all the way in. Yeah. And then we fight fire, man. You open mm. that nozzle.
0: Yeah. Dude, an open nozzle is a an open invitation to life, right there. So. Absolutely,
1: dude, I love it. Uh, so that that we've almost made it through. Quest- <laughs> topic one, we've almost made it through. Uh,
0: <laughs> this could be an epic.
1: Flowing uh, and moving,
0: the secret is in the pursuit. Yeah, uh, you know, it, it's funny because like you see somebody flowing and moving, right? Whether you saw it in a class or you saw it uh on a video whatever the case may be right and right and and this is how i learned it right i i went to a class right and, and was taught a way to do it and then i got home and i couldn't do it right and and it and part of me was like well maybe it's just because i don't have a partner you know shagging hose behind sure. me sure right and, and and that could possibly be it but at the same time like I mean, I'm not a. I, I got body by gulag, but like I still have some muscle to me, so I can I can pull <laughs> some hose, right? I like it. I like it. And uh, so, anyway, uh, the thing is, is uh, in the process of trying to teach myself what I had already forgotten from the class that I took, right, to the videos that I watched, right, like you're, it's not easy. It's not easy when you are trying to learn something new, right? And the thing is is I think a lot of times um we get super frustrated, we get down on ourselves and then we we kind of abandon the the thought or the process, right? And, and in the in the pursuit of that skill is when you really start to figure out what actually works for you because what works for me might not work for you, right? right? if you're somebody that had knee surgery dude i've never had knee surgery i'm flexible kind of like gumby for some dumb reason don't ask me how i don't really stretch that much right but the thing is is i i'm able to get myself into some of these positions that some people just can't get into but until you actually go out and you put the time in and you really try to understand what is holding you up and what is is making you successful like once you once you dive into that pursuit you find that flowing and moving really isn't that hard. What's hard is understanding how to make your body do it. Right. It's, it's unnatural, right? Like for a lot of those positions to try to hold your balance while holding nozzle reaction, right. And pull weight at the same time. But once you start to figure out what works, and like a couple of little tips and tricks that you learn along the way, right, from just asking questions of people that actually do it, right? You you learn to find out that man, it really isn't that hard. Right. And like I always explain it in classes, like you you set up these goal posts, right, in your mind of like what's working and what's not working, right? And those goal posts, the more you start to do it, start to widen. So the goal becomes easier to make. Easier to hit. Right. And the thing is, is it's only in doing it a bunch of times that your body, your mind starts to let the body do the work. Right. And your body will figure out what's comfortable. Right. There's a reason why the seven eighths nozzle is America's tip. That nozzle has the perfect nozzle reaction.
1: Nozzle reaction. Right. Right.
0: Dude, if you were to just blind taste test people. Right. And just put a blindfold on them and stuff a nozzle in their hand. They had no idea what was on the tip of it. And you started adjusting pressures. The seven eights at 50 PSI would be like butter in their hands. They would be like, man, this nozzle feels awesome. Right. Hence why everybody loves it. Does that make sense? Like, and the thing oh, is, absolutely. I, I, don't I, when, when
1: you say everybody, it's like always and never. So I would say uh, I can think of a few people that might argue about the 15th, 16th, et cetera, et cetera. But that's and not that's my fine. point. Cause I believe in the seven, a hundred percent. And that's the
0: thing is like, dude, just do a blind taste test, right? Go grab We're somebody on the street. <laughs> I guarantee I like you, it. man, that's seven, eights is money.
1: <laughs> uh, I love it. Okay. So there are uh, people are making a lot of comments and I can't even keep up with them. <laughs> A lot of comments coming in. Sorry. Not a lot of questions coming in. So, I, this, I'm going to do, i want to read this one because I like it. I, it's from Smoothboard Cartel. It's the reason I'm reading I haven't even read it yet. Homework assignments for all scrappers. And it went away. <laughs> Find Adam's YouTube channel and watch all of the videos, especially Wash Away, The Dark Art Project, and Falling Down. I don't know if Adam I has given you all of the ingredients to be a successful backstep. So, there you go. That's the that's
0: the life hack right there. I might. I I don't know if maybe I just logged out of it. I don't know. If, ask him if it's still up. If he can comment back. If it's even still up. Like he'll I said, he'll comment like, back. He'll comment uh, back. He's on top of it.
1: But here's the I deal, could, uh, man. Yeah. Uh, obviously, you're very engaging, and and because people are not asking a lot of questions, the audience is not asking a lot of questions. That's okay. That's not a doc. I'm saying that happens whenever there is so much. Foodborne uh, cartel said it is still up. Oh, perfect. Um,
0: all right. I didn't erase it.
1: <laughs> but uh, with that being said, I want to ask you, Adam, would you yes. rather talk about the next topic search or instruction in the fire service? I'm throwing it at you.
0: All right. Let me, let me just touch on search and then we'll dive on to the next okay. one. That's why I asked okay. search. Go yeah. because the problem is, and, and that's why I put orientation and statistics, right? Like, right. so like, there's still a problem in the fire service of left hand, right hand search. I still don't understand why, right? Like we we have statistics that are being generated every day from fires all across this country with rescues, right? That are telling us valuable information, right? And that valuable information is where we're finding victims, the conditions that we're finding them in, right? Now, if it's in a residential, and we're going to take commercial out of this topic, all right? Because commercial is a whole other animal. Sure, right? well, so residential let's just, only. Let's go. Yeah. Why are we doing left-hand searches when we should know the layout of the building from the street, right? Like the thing is, is once when, when we talk about building construction, we talk about how the building's put together. We don't really talk about like the everyday stuff that we walk past, right? Like how big is a typical bedroom? How long is a typical hallway, right? What does a big window in the front mean, right? Like what do two like medium-sized windows and a small window in between tell you, right? Bedroom, bath, bedroom. All these little things tell you the layout, right? And there's not that many layouts to residential buildings. Again, we as humans are pretty lazy, right? (laughs) Like- we only come up when we're building a neighborhood with three to five different building layouts, right? To So that you're not sitting next door to the house that you're living in and it's the exact same layout. It's two houses down and we don't pay attention to that part, right? So nice. the thing nope. is a two-story is a two-story is a two-story. There might be some subtle differences, right? But from the outside, we should have a very good understanding of how it's laid out on the inside. And the layout, helps us with our decision-making skills for orientation. Where am I at in this structure, right? Knowing that I'm no more than 25 feet from the exterior of a residential house, when I go in for search, I shouldn't have to worry about all sorts of weird rich shit, right? Because I know that I went into a house that I can easily blast through the wall with a foot if I need to, right? Not saying to do that. Right. Right. But the thing is, is like, we lose a lot in how we communicate with each other. Right. And the thing is, is like, I learned more about building construction from the layout of a house than I could give a shit about building the house. Right. Like, I don't care how the house is built. I care about how the rooms are laid out, because I need to go into those rooms. Because last time I checked, people aren't dying in the attic. Right. They're dying in bedrooms. Nice. Right. They're dying in passive egress. So like nice. I need to know where those passive egress are. I need to know where the bedrooms are. Right. Yeah. I need to know how to get there quickly. Right. And so that's orientation. That's looking at the statistics. Right. We, we dive into all this other goofy shit. Right. When we look at the numbers, dude, like this blew me away today. I, I was like, I got to get, you know, dive back into the statistics a little bit more. Sure. I search. We're finding people, what is it, 52% of the time with just our eyes. 7% are using a tick. 7%. Now, now, I, and, and don't get me I, wrong, the
1: tick's a powerful tool, but. I love that, And but I also, I just took Andy Starnes' class, so I love Starnes, you know what I'm saying, and, <laughs> and if anybody knows Starnes. Hey, it's not is, a knock
0: on No, ticks. no,
1: but I'm saying is, it's like how many people are, are trained in using the tick, and how much does that translate into the data?
0: Right. True. True. Absolutely. So,
1: so I don't want I, again, I want to, I want to defend that part of it because. And it, that's the, that's a good open dialogue,
0: right? No, a hundred percent because. And that's the thing is like, I mean no offense by anything that I'm saying here tonight. No, and absolutely. I and I don't I'm take triggering it. triggering people left and right with this conversation. Hopefully so, because it's good topics. <laughs> but the thing is, is like, right. Uh, the other thing too is, is like, so our ears, right. How many people were. Are paying attention with their yes. ears yes 13 percent were found by just hearing a cough a cry whatever it is right like using their ears dude nobody told me that when i started the fire hey use your ears <laughs> Right? <laughs> like, like dude it's one of the first things that goes when we're stressed out but like the thing is, right. is like hey man like if you if you're not stressed out in that environment dude your ears are gonna help you 13% of the time. Right. Right, like, right. These are, these are good things. Like we need to start actually looking at this stuff and then, and then building this into how we instruct our firefighters, right. right. To make them better. Right. When you Love. pop up that door, life fire layout and call out, right. Like yes. Yeah. Call out saves you a lot of time and energy finding somebody when you can hear them cough and go straight to them. So anyway,
1: I got a couple to read to you. Okay. I'm going to see if I can find <laughs> them all. Uh, Smoothboard, most of them are from Smoothboard Cartel. Uh, uh, it's just a box full of boxes, and you brought what you need to punch the boogeyman in the face. 100%, man. The nozzle is the answer. The bell is the answer. But I like this part. Smoothboard Cartel said, except for the part about Ifsta, he meant to offend them, as he should. And they got a lot of reactions, so I had to read it out loud. <laughs>
0: Oh, I am in so Nate much Sturm
1: said, "Amen Adam, for those who started 20 plus years ago, it was a different time and a different beast. So what we were taught may have applied then but not today. Shame on us if we aren't using the data that's out there and not changing our ways. Fire service is ever evolving. Numbers don't lie and I'm mind blown that we aren't paying attention
0: to it." Correct. Yeah, it is. It's shocking. It's absolutely no. shocking.
1: Dude, I I hired on in 97. You were yeah. 2004. And I'm telling you, they told me back then, like you do not open the nozzle until you get to yeah. the seat of the fire. Yeah, until you see the red of their eyes, yeah. Yes, hundred <laughs> percent. And that is a recipe for getting caught in a flashover, period, nowadays. Period. Oh yeah. Absolutely. If you are if you are in an enclosed structure and it is burning, that is a recipe for disaster. You open that nozzle and yes. we will save lives.
0: Correct. Correct. Okay, we can move on.
1: <laughs> if you All right. Next me and Adam both fired.
0: <laughs> uh, uh where were we at? Instructing in the fire service. Yeah. Um man, so you know, when I when I started in the fire service, uh I I was blessed. I had a really good instructor um when I started out, a, a really good training officer. And uh he in his passion to share knowledge, he instilled that in me. Right. And so I took every opportunity uh, after the first few years to, uh, you know, help in any way I could, whether it was an academy or just, you know, uh, teaching for, uh, you know, the Tuesday night trainings for our volunteer department, whatever the case was. Right. And so the thing is, is like teaching to me was always trying to pass along the lessons that I learned some of them the hard way, some of them the easy way, right? But like to make the fire service better. Uh, Now, some, and this is probably going to trigger somebody, and I apologize if it does, but some people are in it for their own, uh, you know, self-worth. Absolutely. And and the thing is, is like the problem with that is, is when, when you're trying to make a name for yourself, right? Like, are you actually trying to make somebody better? Or are you just trying to look good? And mm. why I bring it up is because a lot of times a lot of the training scars are brought up by people that should have never been an instructor in the first place, because all they're passing along is the abuse that was given to them. And they're passing along to make themselves feel better to the next generation. And and you see it quite a bit, right? Like, <clears throat> We were just talking about search, right? If you're teaching people search, how many, how many in any of those surveys found a victim on top of a counter? And why are we putting victims on top of a counter, right? Stupid shit like that in the training world to new people, right? Just to show them, Hey, I got you. Like you didn't find the victim, right? Like those build in training scars, right? Don't open the line until you see the fire, training scars, right? Like those, those training scars have long lasting effects, right? Crawl on all fours, right? Training scars. You know, I, I put down towards the bottom of some of the stuff I want to talk about, but I'll talk about it right now. When you learn something, you build a neural pathway from your mind to your muscles that tell your muscles what you want them to do, right? The second you build that. It is so hard that neural pathway, once you built it, it's so hard to get rid of it. To bisect from it and go down a different path takes even more energy and effort than it was just to learn the wrong way, right? Right out of the gate. Right, right. No, absolutely. So so the thing is, is with instructing, like Instructors need to really think about those training scars and are we building training scars into what we're trying to teach, right? My wife's a coach and she teaches, uh, she coaches soccer, right? And so I was trying to come up with some stuff I wanted to talk about. And, and that's where she put in the, you know, as an instructor, you're the facilitator, right? You're facilitating okay. the instruction, like take it so- seriously, have a purpose, Right. And it's about the student's discovery, right? Like helping them discover the right way to go about something, right? And it depends on if you're teaching as in a group or to the individual, right? How we communicate to the group is different than how we communicate to an individual because right. the individual has some little nuance that's particular to them, right? And are we addressing that when, when we step to the side with them? Are we able to communicate with them well enough to get that point across. Right. Uh-huh. And, and these are things that I've, I've encountered when I've been instructing as well. Like sometimes the way I deliver it hits half the group. Right. And then sure. the other half is like, I don't understand. And so I have to change how I deliver it and the words that I use or how I'm actually showing them to try to get that to sink in and to set and to, and so that they have a good understanding before it, we move on. Right. And that all happens in seconds. But the thing is, is like, as an instructor, we have to be in tune to that because the thing is like the second we create a neural pathway for a skill and it's not right. Like it's so hard to undo it.
1: You know, it's ingrained into into the lizard brain and and, and if things are, if things are hard and charging, man, you're going to fall back to it. Exactly. There's a thing I do where I take a break and I hit the head because that's about to happen. And I only do this with people I extremely trust. So I hope you understand how much I trust you with the scrap, but I'm about to set this headset down. And I want to ask you, I want to ask you about the tide that lifts all ships Okay, and let let you talk about it. And I'll be back in a few.
0: Okay, cool. Perfect. All right. The tide that lifts all ships. All right. Uh, so, um, as a student of life, right, uh, I found uh, myself drawn to a few specific podcasts that uh, were all about skill acquisition, um, being a better person, whatever the case may be. And, and one of the, the good ones that I really liked was Finding Mastery. Um, and I think I really enjoyed it because I was trying to find mastery and in, in flowing and moving at the time and was hitting a bunch of roadblocks. But anyway, uh, the the guy, Michael Gervais, who runs that podcast, uh, threw out that quote, uh, be the tide that uh, lifts all ships. And uh, it's actually, I believe, from John F. Kennedy uh, said it first. Um, So I'll give him the credit for that. Uh, And it really hit home for me because as an instructor, like, that's our job right, is, is to go out and, and to make the fire service better. And so for me, um, when I usually finish a class, uh, I get kind of emotional um, based on a lot of stuff that's happened to me in the past. And, uh, and I always pass along that quote, be the tide that lifts all ships. Be the person that is making your department better. Sometimes it may not seem that way, Right. There's there's going to be roadblocks. But at the end of the day, like when you go home at the end of your shift, like, did you lift all ships? Did you make it somewhat better in any facet of the meaning of it? Right. And that's that's kind of the goal of, of that that quote. All right. He's back. (laughs) <laughs> I tried to explain it to the best I could. You're gonna have to rewind it to hear it all. But... The part
1: where I come back in and just like act like I know everything you said while you while I was going. Right? Yeah.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I, I went. In, I went a little deep, but that's all Man, right. Man,
1: there are so many comments I can't even catch up. So it must have been good. I have to catch up on it, Chris. I said, preach on it. Leave it better than you found it. Hell yes. Uh, and that motion. Are...
0: Yeah. yeah. Oh, sorry. Go ahead, go ahead. No, no, I'm just
1: reading comments. He's I'm coming in blind. Emotions it. are everything. you got to be that member that invokes change. Um, man, there's so much coming at you. Oh, yeah, he understands for sure. Psychomotor versus cognitive versus unreal. Uh, Bigs work. <laughs> he said, big words ain't for truckies, old son. That's from John McCoy. <laughs> Sorry, buddy. <laughs> I love it, man. I love it, brother. No, I, I knew it was a good topic. I don't. I Yes. I get tied up in emotions also. Uh Chris Dice said I love it. Um absolutely. Um man, there's so many things I want to throw at you. And I'm trying to also not leave anybody out who's throwing questions. If you got questions, throw them. Yeah, dude, ask. Um uh, I'm looking here. Ego, yes, I got it. I got it. Why? The basics. Man, I love this. I love this concept because I've never heard it before. But the basics are boring and the complex exciting.
0: Man. Talk to me about that perception. Uh, think about anything in the fire service, right? Like, who wants to go stretch hose? Yeah. Right? Like, I can tell you right now, like, from my experience, right? Like, I know how to stretch hose. Like, how hard can it be? Right?
1: Hmm. And I hear it from, like, people that don't want to go stretch hose and say, what, you don't know how to stretch hose?
0: Yeah. Like, that's There's the experience of stretching hose, right? Yes. It's- it seems super simple right but when it's done wrong has catastrophic effects right and the thing is is it's like sometimes the simplest things are the most complex when you actually go out and start working on them right i'll go back to flowing and moving right or let's just let's just go to a, a simple water mapping any of those topics right like going out and trying to figure these things out, right? Like, shit, how hard can it be? Right. Like just open the line and move the move the line around, right? Uh-huh. Until you actually go out and do it. Uh-huh. And then when you go out and do it, then you start to have more understanding of what it's actually doing, right? And maybe you start in a parking lot and then you end up in a box somewhere. Maybe it's on the training ground, maybe it's at an acquired structure and you're flowing that line and you're actually watching what is actually happening and the complexity of all of that in something so simple as just going out and flowing a line, Mm. right? Like they seem really boring. A smooth bore seems boring, right? Like it's not complicated. It's like a light switch. It's on or off. Right. But light switches are in every house in America. Every building in America has a light switch, right? Why do they have a light switch? Because in its simplicity, it, creates all sorts of things that are more complex than we ever give it credit for. Right. Right. Electricity to me is like magic.
1: Yeah. hundred percent. It's a magic. (laughs) And guess what?
0: The light switch somehow makes it work. Right. And the thing is, is that's the same thing with a nozzle. A smooth board nozzle is as simple as it gets. Right. Yes. Yes. And there's complexity in that because if you really think about it, it's the safest nozzle on the planet. It's just a simple hole. Right? With yep. a with a gate, an on-off switch. You open it, it turns on. You shut it, it goes off. I don't have to worry about some mechanical piece in there coming apart or getting clogged up or jammed up, or lo and behold, it gets dirty. And now I can't twist it, turn it, flip right. it up, flip it down all this jazz hand shit that they put into all this stuff to make it more complicated. Right. When in all reality, all I needed to do is open up and deliver water and I don't need it to jam up. I don't need it to be complicated, Mm. but it's, it's the simple things that people look past because they Mm. look at the shiny, cool thing, right? Oh, this one's all sorts of whiz, bang, gizmos and gadgets. Right. You know, I think Elkhart did it best when they put out the tactical nozzle. Right, like, look at all the goofy shit we can strap onto a nozzle, right? And everybody's like, "Ooh, oh," oh," right? And like, I doubt anybody walked past their booth and even looked at a smoothbore nozzle because it's so damn simple, right? The thing is, is what they don't understand is how much time and effort it went in to coming up with something so simple, Mm -hmm. dialing it in from all the myriad of sizes to choose from, right? Like back in the day, dude, they had every, like, if you could figure out a measurement, they were trying to figure out if it was the right measurement to deliver water appropriately, right? Like, that's pretty complicated. That's a lot of complications in a time- Over time, yeah. yeah. In a time where that meant a lot of work, right? And yet they still went out and did it. And I don't think we give people credit for simple systems, right? Like, we overcomplicate the shit out of the fire service, With everything we do, right, whether it's our rigs to our hose to, like, dude, how many different styles of hose do we have, right? And it's like, hey, man, like, give me one that actually works, and that's the only one I want. Keep it simple. Make it somewhat fire, uh, you know, Oh
1: dude, you're gonna get me you're gonna get me so fired up right now about why we're where we're at. But that's not the point. That's not the point of this scrap. But no. I, uh David Byerley wants to know, and I have a question coming at you from the from the audience. Okay. Yeah. And it's it's on topic from what we've been talking about, but not on the specific one right now. What okay. do you do? And we get this question a lot, so I, I wanna you know Damn, what, what do I'm... you do when you feel in your bones that what you are saying and doing is the best interest of the department, but you're getting constant pushback From the guys that you relieve or that relieve you? (laughs) Yeah, I know. I
0: know, man. Go ahead. uh, Constant pushback. Um, Well, let's see. Let me me put it the the easiest way I know how, and then I'll dive into it better. Okay. Okay. Rome wasn't built in a day, right? Right. And you eat a whale one bite at a time, Mm. right? And the thing is, is like... I don't know if they're senior to you, younger to you, whatever, but at some point they retire (laughs) and they disappear. Right. The biggest thing is if you know it to be true in your bones and it is true to you, then why would you change you? Be yourself, stand up for what you believe in. Don't be a dick about it. Right. You don't have to be an asshole. The thing is, though, is that you can stand up and for what you believe in. Everybody has that freedom here, right? And, mm-hmm. yeah, it may not be the popular one. And, yeah, you're going to catch some shit. Trust me, I've eaten a lot of shit sandwiches in my day, right? right? But the thing is, it's not going to change what I believe is right. Mm. So I, I feel for you. like, But at the same time, like, sometimes don't engage, too. like. No, I love it. I love. There's it. a lot of times I don't engage, like don't yeah. fall into the, the the honey trap, right? Because they're trying to catch bears.
1: <laughs> so. I'm looking. I'm reading. I'm reading. There's a lot of stuff about Freeman. I love it. Uh, someone said simplicity is the ultimate sophistication. From it Claire uh, Scott Vatican posted that quote from Claire Booth Lucian. and uh, I, I don't know who said it, but um, anybody can take a concept and make it and 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 complicated it, it oh, yeah. takes true mastery to simplify it correct man and i, I love that concept 100 it might have been it might have been einstein and it might have been like mark twain but someone yeah. along those along those lines said it
0: well and so um, i'll put it to you this way right like hit it one of the most favorite aircrafts in all the military is the a10 Yes, The The most unsophisticated aircraft ever built. It's basically an engine and a bunch of mechanical parts and pieces, right? But it is the most loved aircraft because of its simplicity and the fact that it doesn't have all the whiz bang cool shit that some of the newer fighter planes have, right? Some of that shit falls apart. Like, dude, we keep putting electronics and shit. When are we going to realize, dude, every year people are buying new iPhones for a reason, right? It's because that technology falls apart quick, right? Old school mechanical systems, there's a reason why they built them. So they could friggin' repair them out in the field. If something broke, they were easily repaired. Like we don't give the past a whole lot of credit Mm, for the shit that they came up with and how simple it may have seemed at the time, but how actually complex it is in the real world, right? Like old school automobiles, Right? like dude you used to be able to climb under the hood and just look at it and be like oh yeah I think I can figure this out right nowadays dude if you don't know shit about computers you're screwed Right? right. So, like I open up my wife's car's hood and I'm like I don't even know what I'm looking at I think there's an engine in there but I'm not 100% sure right and so the thing is is like we've overcomplicated automobiles all they yes. need is convert gas into compression and turn some wheels like dude they don't need to be anything special
1: i can say you hit a nerve with the a10 because there's been about 14 comments that are all about warthogs that's my aircraft love working with the a10 burp flying tank a10 is the best ask any ground soldier did we just become best friends so that's all <laughs> from talking about the a10 so
0: 100% you hit a nerve I'm telling you, dude, that's the thing is everybody loves the A-10. And the thing is, is that thing will show back up to the airport or the landing strip completely riddled in holes, but still able to fly. Right. right? What made the B-52 so great. Dude, that thing would come home with huge holes in it from all the uh, flak that it was taken, but yet it still flew and they were still able to fly it because they were old school mechanical systems, Mm. right? Like systems actually worked. That in today's day and age seem s- too simple, right? Mm. We need to complicate the shit out of it. We don't stop making it so complicated.
1: A lot of parallels to the fire service. Um, hey, <laughs> where are we at? Uh, instruction. We got that. Why the basics are boring. We got that. I'm in that. Engine zero, man. Uh, talk okay.
0: to me about engine zero. Where it came from. Why it exists. Uh has anybody ever had somebody tell them, Hey man, we can't go do that. Cause we can't take the rig out of service. <laughs> yeah. Well, I, I yeah. heard that. I heard that a lot. Right. And so uh, I was like, I wanted to work on the simplest thing flowing water, right. How to hold a hand line and not with a stupid pistol grip. I don't know who came up with that, but they overcomplicated a simple system. Right. Right. Uh And the thing is, is, so I wanted to go learn that. Well, you know, most people think you like, you need an engine to go do it. And it's like, well, there's a hydrant out there. Our hydrants in our town are pretty hot. I bet you it's pretty close. So I can go out and just tie straight into the hydrant and the hydrant would become my engine. And I don't have to take our engine out wow. of service. Right. And so that kind of became what engine zero kind of stemmed from right because it was just like oh like i'll just go out to uh my engine and we'll just call it engine zero right because <laughs> like, right that way that way people are getting pissed like oh he keeps calling it engine three right or whatever the case may be <laughs> so i don't want to trigger too many people but that's the thing that's where it came from it was constantly being told like hey man like like that—that's going to involve us taking the rig out of service, or you know, like being being tied to right. a hydrant or whatever the case may be, right? Like, there's a million excuses, right? But if you can just look past those and find a, an alternative way to do it, right? Like, it it. yeah, um, you know, it's it's real easy to just be like, oh yeah, you're right, and and then be done with it. It, it takes a lot to climb that first wall of. Hey, I'm just gonna go grab the spare hose on the rack over there and a spare nozzle, and just go out and work on some stuff. Right, right. I'm gonna go no. stretch. I'm gonna go stretch some lines. Right. I don't. I yes. don't need. I just need some hose.
1: That's it, man. I didn't need no hose and a nozzle. Um, no. I got a I got a book question coming at you, but that's coming up in a bit. What is okay. the consensus on moving the fire service to a continuous education system, a CEU for maintenance of fire certification? What do you think on that? Hmm. <laughs> I like the chuckle. Uh, I like the chuckle before the answer. I'm, I'm, now, I'm now intrigued.
0: Oh, I don't know. Um, I'll put it this way, right? Like, okay, C's get degrees. And what I mean by that is, is like, dude, you're going to go to a doctor sometime in your life that, fucking skated by with maybe a C minus, right? (laughs) And the thing is, is it doesn't make him any less than a doctor or of a doctor, right? He's still got his doctor. He still has to go through CEUs every year, but he might be the shittiest doctor you've ever ran across. Do CEUs really make you a good firefighter? Mm. Right?
1: I'll say no. Yeah, I'll,
0: I'll say it. I don't give a shit. Well, and that's the thing is like, for some people it's yes and some people it's no mm-hmm. but the thing is is like irregardless, like no piece of paper right cuz there's plenty unless of people...
1: we over, unless we overhaul what 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 Correct. constitutes a, an educational unit then no
0: Correct and the thing is is it's up to us right we're the firefighters mm-hmm. right we're the ground pounders out there seeing it every day Yes we're not behind a desk right? We're not going to finger sandwich meetings, right? We're the ones on the street doing that shit. Like it's time we start having a bigger say in how we educate the fire service, right? For the benefit of the fire service so that we are the tide that's lifting all ships, whether they're new or old. And that's the, that's the biggest thing. Like if you want CEUs, then figure out a better way to do CEUs because right now, dude, look at EMS. Dude, can, there's plenty of people phoning in CEUs for EMS, right? Absolutely,
1: absolutely. Like,
0: so I don't, I don't know if I really... Hazmat but-
1: Ops, Hazmat Techs, anything where there is required, uh, educational unit required, you will find money tied to it and you will find an educational institution making money off of that requirement and it has nothing to do with doing the job and I will say it here live on the scrap and you can quote me and hope you do so
0: I'm sure I'm going to get a lot of hate something I'm not on social media so yeah I guess <laughs> good luck
1: <laughs> Adam Myers and I at, at Adam Myers at com. I don't know if that's real but
0: welcome <laughs> whoever has that account is going to get blasted anyway but yeah i don't know if i answered his question or not but the thing is is like we need to we need to really start taking ownership and and in how we uh go forward in the fire service educating ourselves
1: oh you're right yeah
0: you know and it it is dude the internet has helped like there's a lot of people that poo-poo it dude it has helped so many people it has shrunk the fire service without a doubt without a doubt exactly Exactly. And you know, the best part about firefighters is like, we're always there to help, right? Like you can call, I can call you tomorrow with a question of something that like I'm stuck on and get your perspective on it and your knowledge base off of it. And you'll gladly share it. Right. Absolutely.
1: Absolutely. And and the and, cool and part is, is like, I could like, if I didn't know, I could call like Brian brush or insert, you know, uh, whoever that I've talked to on a show. And that's the cool part for me is the network is, is amazing.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And, and I'll be honest, I was terrified when I first dove into some of the stuff on hose and nozzles, you know, like I wanted to talk to Dennis Laguerre, but I was like, Holy shit. Like, dude, there's no way this guy's going to take time out of his day to chat with me. Right. So I picked the low hanging fruit. I I picked Gary Lane instead (laughs) Love it. <laughs> uh, he seemed uh, more my more my speed at the time.
1: <laughs> dude, I love the fact that engine zero comes down to the fact that there is no engine available, and I didn't know that. I really didn't know that till till, yeah. till this till this scrap, and it's pretty awesome, man.
0: Well, and that's yeah. the thing, is, dude. Excuses are like assholes. Everybody's got them, right? Like the thing is, is like trying to figure out, Like if you really want to learn, if you really want to know if you can do something or not, right? you'll, you'll find a way you'll, you'll bypass those excuses and find a way to get it done. Right. right? And that's the thing is that's engine zero to a nutshell. I got told no so many times that finally I just went and did it on my own. On your own with stuff that with, well, and with stuff that wasn't going to get me in trouble. Right. Like how can you argue? I didn't take the rig out of service. Right. Right. Like I didn't tie it up to the hydrant. I didn't pull the engineer out from what he wanted to do. Right. Like, it's something I wanted to do and and I don't want to be a load on you guys, so let me just erase the excuse real quick, and I'll just go do it beautiful so
1: um, Kyle says, ask him how many times he has purposely fallen down, stretching hose to find a way to fix it
0: <laughs> uh. I did it a lot until I almost broke my clavicle doing it one time so that I like stopped for a little bit, but a lot, I don't know how many times Kyle, but it's a lot, (laughs) a lot,
1: uh, man, dude, you know, I love books. I love books more than anything in this world. I love books more than podcasts. I love books almost as much as firefighting, but I love to ask (laughs) Kyle said thousands. Uh, but (laughs) I love asking about, uh, people I respect what book or books have you read that you think firefighters should be reading. And I want to tie in um, Scott Vatican's question, because he said, what books are you reading that are laser focused on the brilliance in the basics concept? So kind of a two, two, a uh, two, two pronged question coming at you. Wow.
0: Oh. All right. Jeez. Um, I got to think. about this. <laughs> no problem. Uh, it's just, yeah. Hold on. Let me look at my bookshelf real quick. Which ones are over there? Um, Man, there's a lot. Uh, I don't know to be laser focused on stuff. God, there's Dan Coyle. What did he write? Damn it, I can't think of the book off the top of my head. You you, you say Coyle?
1: Coyle? Yeah. Was he Culture Code? Planet yeah, code? Culture
0: Code. Uh, that's a good one. Um, I I really enjoyed that one. Um,
1: yeah, dude, Culture Code is one of my favorite. Talent yeah. Code also, but yeah,
0: 10%. yeah. yeah. Both code. of both of those are really good. Um, I like those. Um, I. I really dove into uh, a guy by the name of Boyd, John Boyd. Um, uh, B-O-Y-D, Boyd. Are you yeah, talking about the- OODA loops? Yeah. Yeah. Loops?
1: yeah. yeah. Yep.
0: Hell yeah. And so, uh, like, there's uh, someone else, I think, wrote this one, The Mind of War, about him. Um, oh, okay. and, uh, but he also, uh, there's been a bunch of books written about him, but, like, also just his he had what was, I forget what it was called the green book or something like that. It's pretty hard to find. It's only in like PDF form, but anyway, he was a strategist for, uh, uh, the military. Yes. And, and came, he developed the OODA loop, right. And a lot of people, uh, you know, kind of just gloss over the OODA loop for what it technically stands for. There's a lot into it. Um, but if you're looking at, um, systems in a systems approach to anything like it's pretty helpful in that regards and so like um it's helped me think about uh taking complex systems and making them less complex as simple as you can make them right um and, and tying that into the fire service right like a lot of the books that i read um don't have anything to do with the fire service but have a lot to do with the fire service right, right. so you know like Thinking about the the neurological pathways and the the myelin and how to uh you know the myelin is basically the insulation to your electrical wire right the more insulation you have the the better you can uh transfer energy through that metal right and so the myelin is like that for your uh nervous system right on. so just stuff like that like i always try to like for some reason it always Links back to the fire service and how I can be better at the fire service. So, anyway, I don't know if that answered a whole lot. Um,
1: no, it's it's great. I just want to know, me personally, I want to know more uh, books about the myelin. Now,
0: (laughs) there's uh, there's a bunch of like different podcasts, um, okay, that like kind of talk about that. Finding Mastery has a few that are in there about okay, uh, the neurological stuff, but um, there was a Is it called the neural? What was that called? It's like instead of like computer hackers, they're uh, the anyway. I'll send it to you. Sorry, okay. No, no, no. My brains, my brains falling apart.
1: I'll post Uh it in the comments for people who are also interested. So, my man Adam, yes, are you ready? We do a thing on the scrap. It's called the next five questions for firefighters. Originally, it was the five questions for firefighters. But after like 120 episodes, we, all the low hanging fruit was gone, and so we had to remake it. And we're getting close to that point again. Oh gosh! So, but not the point. There are no correct answers. Everything is your opinion. Oh, good. and then I score it with the with the help of the audience, hopefully, who will help me say max points or not max points. But not the point. Are you ready for the next five questions for firefighters?
0: Yes, let's do it.
1: All right. Number one, numero uno, what single characteristic makes the difference between a run-of-the-mill firefighter and the top-tier go-to badass firefighter?
0: All right, can you repeat the question one more time so I get my answer right? Let me get my delivery
1: delivery good. What single characteristic makes the difference between a run-of-the-mill firefighter and a top tier, go-to, badass firefighter?
0: Wow. Um, One word? Up to you. All right. Courage. Your your answer. Courage. Courage. Yep. And the reason why is is because, dude, you could have the hardest worker in the world if they're not – If they don't have the courage to stand up for what they believe in and what is right, they'll just be mediocre.
1: I'm right. Number two, if you could go back in time and give yourself one piece of advice as a rookie, what would it be?
0: One piece of advice. Um, Go to outside training. Ooh. Any follow-up? No. (laughs) That would be it. If I could tell myself that, I would have saved a lot of years of just being that mediocre firefighter.
1: Dude, I, I will tell you this right now. That is one of the strongest pieces of advice anybody in any like throughout the fire service 100% get outside of your bubble and yep. go to outside training it will blow your mind and that i can like i will give like double max points for number 2 number 3 <laughs> what is your favorite
0: training drill my favorite training drill favorite uh, training drill flowing and moving Mm. I love it. There, it's so much fun, dude. <laughs> it, every time I'm out there, like there's a good song in my head, there's a burning building in in my way. You know what I mean? Like I'm, right on,
1: right yeah. on. I like to ask the question, just sit in silence, and wait and see if someone's gonna yeah. expound. And, <laughs> then, and then I then I wait for the audience because I also wait for the audience to tell me whether. Yeah. They they resonate with the question or not? Because I love dude flowing and moving. And yeah I, we have a uh a OSB house that's like people are like, can we yeah. flow water in it or not? I'm like, yes, absolutely. The reason we built it is so you can go flow water and it's like, but it's gonna get really musty and, and mildewy. I'm like, no, you go and you flow in it, and we'll deal with the mold and the mildew. Yeah. But uh yes, 100 percent uh Engine Zero puts in work every day, max points. Number three was max points. I love flow and move. Number four, what mistake have you learned the most from in your fire service career?
0: Uh, Being too emotional sometimes. Oh, really? Yeah. Yep. Like taking it to heart when it doesn't need to be taken to heart.
1: Like absorbing it or dishing it or both?
0: Uh, absorbing it and then redishing it. Right. Oh yeah. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like that falling into those traps of like, they're pushing your buttons. Right. And, and you allow your emotions to overtake your common sense and it ends up biting in the ass somewhere down the line.
1: Mm, No, I like it. Right. Like like
0: learning, learning that you always, you brought it up a couple of times. Like uh, I've gotten a lot better at taking pauses before I talk (laughs) for that very reason. (laughs) Sure.
1: For that very reason. No, I love it. And for that reason, I'll give you max points on number four, which brings us to the final question. The question that's been around since the beginning of the five questions. And it is heavy fire, searchable space. I really feel like I know the answer, but I'm still going to ask, would you rather be assigned to the nozzle or first in on V E
0: S. Oh man, man, I like both of those. I I know. Can I clone myself?
1: We'll see. <laughs> we'll see what you. We'll see your answer, and then we'll see the points.
0: <laughs> Who am I kidding? I love flowing, dude. I'm gonna go pirates.
1: <laughs> At least I wasn't wrong in my assumption, <laughs> because there's so many people. Like, like, Lo, I'm gonna read you these. I wanna. I really wanna read you these. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Amanda Miller said, I bet I know he'll choose for the last question. LOL. David Bryley said, VES personally. And then he went on and said, love it. Max point. Yeah. Hell yeah. Max. Uh. And then Nate Sturm said, he's flowing all day. Smoothbore said, he may surprise you. David Byerly <laughs> said, VES, the suspense. VES, there it is. Called it. <laughs> yeah, No, 100%, man. Yeah.
0: Well, yeah. Yeah. Trust me, I'd love to do the VS too.
1: <laughs> Not, no, no. And, yeah. and that's the uh, beauty. I'll, I'll be honest yeah. with you, man. That's the reason I love that question. There's no wrong yeah. answer. I just want oh, to know yeah. the reason. I want yeah. to know the reason why you choose the one you choose because there's no wrong answer.
0: Well, well, and that's the thing is I've spent a, I've spent more time mastering uh, fire attack than I have VS. Right. right? And so, um, like, why wouldn't you put your all-star in that position? right not saying I'm an all-star don't right. don't take that out of context but right like it it's the super bowl it's the world series right like this is for the game like right. are you going to put it, the guy that's been sitting on the bench in or are you going to put in the person that like you know has it locked in the bag right like so um yeah that'd be fire attack all day long I love it, brother. Dude, you kill me where I can fucking beat down fire and, dude, I'm in my happy spot.
1: So many people said max points. I can't <laughs> knock it. Heavy fire. Yes, uh, there it is. That officially makes it 186 scraps in the books. Uh, dude, dude, if you. Awesome. Thank you, Adam. Uh, I literally, I-, I talked to you before, but literally reached yeah. out to you on Saturday at- from an airport and said. <laughs> Hey dude, are you, are you available on Monday? Because, and again, no knock Ryan McCormick is dealing with a lot back in All Arkansas, right. the tornadoes, the the wildland fires, everything going on. So Adam. Yeah, God,
0: Godspeed brother. That's uh he's yes. got a plan.
1: Our prayers are with the prayers of every scrapper is with you. Um, thank you, my brother, Adam, for, for filling in. And being a part of this, what's the best way to get a hold of you? If people want to reach out to you, if people want to say, hey, I want to hear more about this whole rising tide, et cetera, what's the best Uh, way to get a hold of you?
0: I I still have Instagram because I I like photos. Um, I guess I still have my YouTube pages up. I I don't really have any other social media. (laughs) I I got rid of those for, uh, I think, the – a lot of reasons anyway. Right on, right on. Uh, but, uh, the best way is, is, like reach out via Instagram. Um, if it's something that I can help you with and I can't, uh, convey it in text, I'll give you my phone number. Um, there you go. Yeah. So that's the, that's probably the best way. Uh, I apologize. Uh, somebody reached out like at the beginning of the month and I forgot to look at Instagram for like two weeks cause it sometimes happens. And right. so I I, I feel bad. Like if if I don't get back to you immediately, like just know that like sometimes I'm busy, but I'll get back to you. So
1: Smoothboard smoothboard cartel said it best. Kyle said, you'll have to find him on a mountain in Wyoming. So there you go.
0: <laughs> or buried uh, under like twenty four inches of snow. That's what's out there right now.
1: So Garrett Karate said I heard he'll be at the High Plains fire conference this year.
0: <laughs> Is that true? Yep, that will be that I will be there.
1: Absolutely, man. Good stuff. Yeah. Uh, all right, everybody else, uh, final stuff as we close it out. Go to firehousevigilance.com. Um, man, so many great scraps coming up. If you want to be a part of the scraps, if you want to be a part of the questions that are asked and the and the direction it goes, become a member of the Vigilantes. You can sign up at firehousevigilance.com. Uh, we are doing so much cool stuff. Between the forums with the special guests, exclusive swag, exclusive content, and all that things, Blah, blah, blah. Sign up and be a part of it. We're also doing vigilante meetups at different conferences, including FDIC coming up this month in April. We're going to be getting together, and you can only find out about it through the vigilante. So go there. firehouse Come sign up. Uh, all that being said, yeah, I covered all that. We have great discussions. Blah. Yes, I got it. My man. Adam Myers, thank you for being such a phenomenal guest and making this such a great scrap. Hey, thank you. I appreciate it. Audience, you make the scrap magical. Your questions, your comments, uh, every bit of it, man. I love you all. Remember, uh, mutts don't scrap. I hope the tones stay silent unless it is burning. Everybody, stay safe out there. Thanks for listening to The Weekly Scrap. Please subscribe and please share. We'll see you at the next episode.